Episode six. Action sequence. Over six minutes and half notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just mark it. Hey, I, would you reset out. that? No, reset the. No, this is no, 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 no. Yeah, you lost a minute and a half. No, by reset doing your that. Sequence. Reset that. We're not gonna use all of this. Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God with one another for the good of others in the valley as it is in heaven. All right, welcome to Life and Rhythm Podcast. Hey, Matt. Hi, Adam. How's it going? I'm good. Good, dude. Thanks. I'm so excited for this episode. Me too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. So we're, we talked about Rhythm Community Church. We walked through disciple-making movements this last episode, and then we gave the structure, the strategy around that. And this is not something that we just made up. This is something that's been curated for a long time when it comes to disciple-making movements. There's, I was actually just looking up these stats. There's over 650 disciple-making movements around the world. And the average size wow. of each disciple-making movement is 75,000 people. What? 75,000 believers. And, and you know, that's larger than any one American church, right? I think so. In our, in our country. So yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And, and what's really cool about that is the, the average size for the church, for each church in that, is 14. No way. 14. So we unpacked a lot last week. And what we're talking about is what is this, what is this, where, is, where do we start with this movement of disciple making? And we start with extraordinary prayer and fasting. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Matt, just to talk us, kind of tee us up. When it comes to extraordinary prayer and fasting, what exactly are we talking about? We give two two kind of bullet points within this sphere. We get we talk about being in community, so becoming a disciple worth reproducing. Talking about character, your character and your calling, and then it's also spirit led. So it's we're spirit led listening. We say this: Jesus, where are you at work? And Father, how can we join you? Yeah, I'd like to start with what we talked about last week with um, God's work stems from his desire. So God's work comes from a place where in God's heart, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit desire to see everyone be saved. And that comes from 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, where it says, you know, what does God really want? Well, he wants everybody to be saved. What's interesting to me is right before that, verses 1 to 3 say this. So this is the Apostle Paul's challenge. He says, Timothy, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Just pray. <laughs> and he says, pray every way that you know how for everyone you know. And pray especially for rulers and their governments to rule well so that we can be quietly about our business of living simply in humble contemplation. Hmm. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. Dang. Right? So when I think about disciple-making movements and connecting to the heart of God and his desire to see everyone be saved, how do we begin this journey? Like, what's our role that we play? Well, the first thing we got to do is pray. Hmm. And it's, it should be noted that that is what the disciples ask Jesus to do in the Gospels. They say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. They don't say, teach us how to throw an event. Hmm. Teach me how to lead worship. <laughs> Teach me how to preach. Right. They noticed Jesus's interaction with the Father. They watched him every day, all day, 
And as their master, they came to him and said, it seems like the most important thing in your life, Jesus, is your connection with the Father. Teach us Hmm. how to pray. You know, and then he rolls into the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, Mm -hmm. hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of all of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. Wouldn't be a bad thing for everyone to just start there. Even if you don't understand the words that you're saying yet, as most kids don't when they're learning to speak, even if you're saying, hallowed be your name, and it takes you a month to figure out, oh, that means to treasure something. Hallowed be your name means tre- I want to treasure your name. I want to value you. Mm. God, that's I mean, when you're saying our father, it actually starts with an hour, that this is a community thing, which is mm. why we say at the top, in community, in community. we yeah. become the kind of people that God wants us to be. So, yeah. There, yeah, there's a lot of questions that I'm thinking of that I bet our listeners are thinking of, people that are in our communities right now. <laughs> it's like, okay, just pray. Like, it's pretty simple, right? Why is it so hard? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it so difficult for us to, to pray? Yeah. I, I think that part of the reason it's so hard is that we don't see prayer as an earthly thing, mm. that it's otherworldly. And, and maybe the word I would use is we don't see it as relevant. It's not effectual, meaning it doesn't cause anything so why would I do it? Yeah. I think that's a big reason. So I hear like control, like control, you can't really. <laughs> yeah, what am I, I controlling by pretty doing much this? what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> like, because it's not that. Like, it's not a guaranteed, like, hey, I, I you know, <laughs> we were talking about this the other day, like claim it, name it. You know, it's like, I can't just, <laughs> or name it and claim it. Like, I can't just say something and then like magically it happens. Like, is that, is that. Is that what you're saying? Like, it's not tangible. It's not. It's not reproducible. It's not a metrics or a method. It's not a. Mm-hmm. It's not a formula that I, I do this, this, and this, and this is the result I get. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how to answer that because the one of the core problems of living in America, specifically, one of our biggest cultural idols is control. Mm-hmm. because we do live in a humanistic society. We don't believe in the providence of God, many of us. We believe that we control our destiny, mm. and prayer goes against that. Prayer is a surrender of control. It is admitting that God is the author of life, that not only is he the creator, but the actual sustainer of life. Yeah. And prayer is living into that conviction. And I like what Paul Miller says in his book, A Praying mm-hmm. Life. He says, what do I lose when I have a praying life? And he says, I lose control (laughs) and I lose independence. And then he says, what do I gain? Friendship with God. That's what I gain. A quiet heart, the living work of God in the hearts of those I love. Mm. The ability to roll back the tide of evil. Essentially, I lose my kingdom and I get his. I move from being an independent player to be a, a dependent lover. I move from being an orphan, I love this, to being a child of God. So good, dude. And I don't think we pray because we'd rather have control. We'd rather be independent and we'd rather get our way. Hmm. And it's hard, 
even as followers of Jesus, people who say, I wanna follow Jesus, it's still hard to give up your way, which is why we partner fasting with prayer because fasting is a practice, a spiritual practice yeah. to let go, <laughs> to, not to give up a right of yours to eat. You have a right to eat. <laughs> you should, yeah. like, you, you're able to do that. And by fasting, you're, you're giving up that privilege and it's denying yourself. It's actually training you to deny yourself, your desires, and, and that's hard. Yeah, man. It's and you know, it's like we were talking about this before pushing record, but you know, it's like any other discipline in life. You know, I think about the un being so uncomfortable. Uh, or being I should say this, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, and the more you do something, let's just, you know, so CrossFit or or whatever it may be, working out. So I gotta throw in CrossFit <laughs> here, okay? Because number one. <laughs> Number one rule for CrossFit is you always talk about CrossFit. So I don't know how many podcasts this is, but it's maybe three times that we've talked about CrossFit. So, um, so we're batting, batting 500. Um, so, you know, that's the thing though. It's like you know, weightlifting. If I just, so the initial resistance, right? So tearing the muscle fibers and when you tear those, those muscle fibers, there's growth that happens. So there's un, this discomfort. If, if, if you ever lifted a weight and you start lifting, right? Like the next day you're like terribly sore, right? Mm. And that soreness is coming from you actually ripping up your body and it's repairing itself and it's becoming stronger and bigger. And, uh, and so, but if, you know, let's just say like I was benching a hundred pounds, right? And I just did that over and over. The initial tear would happen, right? And the discomfort would happen. But if I just kept doing that and didn't add more weight, right? I would, my muscles would actually start to atrophy. They'd actually start to shrink. They'd actually start to go down because the resistance is no longer there, right? And there's so much within that parallels with that discipline to the discipline of the spiritual disciplines, you know, the discipline of prayer and fasting. And I love what, uh, uh, from the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Jim says, the more we pray, the more we sense our need to pray. Right. So the more we do it, the more we lift the weights, the more we sense our need to continue to lift weights, to get stronger. And, and that's the thing that's, um, I think for all of us is just, you know, it's the same with CrossFit. You know, so many people are like, dude, I can never do CrossFit. And I'm like, oh, it's just a simple step, right? It's like, it's not the big, you know, uh, the, you know, lifting all the weight and doing all the motions and, you know, and, and it's, it's a very simple way to get in shape if we take it bite-sized pieces mm-hmm. and we continue to push ourselves. And all of a sudden you're at this place um, a year from now, two years from now that you're like, I never thought I would be here. I never thought I'd be able to do this. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think about that with prayer. And I think about that with fasting and there's a sense of like entering into a discipline that is in, in some sense controlled, right? Like I have a choice to be able to do that. Right. So I'm like, I'm controlling that piece of it, but it's in the midst of, uh, the ordinary, what we would say prayer, like to make it, and we use this word intentionally to make it extraordinary, mm-hmm. which means in order to make it extraordinary, we take what is ordinary and make it extra, <laughs> And then we continue to do that and we repeat the process, yeah. right? So whatever we think ordinary is right now, whatever you're doing in your life that may be 
uh, a sense of prayer, like you pray once a day, maybe in the morning, maybe you journal prayers, whatever that is that we do, that benchmark, it's like the 100 pounds that we're lifting, Mm -hmm. right, on the bench. Let's just make it, let's put on some fives. Let's put on some tens. Let's put on some 25s. Let's make it a little bit extraordinary there. Um, maybe it's fasting and you you fast for a meal um, or you fast from social media or you fast from, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you know, the emptying of yourself. What, what would that look like to fast for two meals or fast for a whole day or fast for a week? Yeah. You know, so what are those weights that we're adding? And the, and the reality is from that, we're not doing that in order to achieve something. No, Jesus not, has already achieved it. Right. We're doing that to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. And this is the next the next bullet point that we have is is spirit-led listening comes from a posture of prayer. Yeah. I would um, challenge y'all who are listening to ask the question I often ask myself, which is super convicting. So just trying to get you to wrestle a little bit with this. But if everyone on the earth right now who followed Jesus, prayed the way that you prayed, would that be a good thing? Because dang, homie, we start with the question, in community, we're becoming a disciple worth reproducing. And so what you and I are trying to get at is every single one of us is called to be a disciple maker. But the quality of discipleship matters, not just the quantity. Mm-hmm. the quality of it. And the only way to make disciples is to first and foremost be a disciple. And honestly, that journey doesn't even start with you, just like the Lord's Prayer doesn't start with us. Um, because I think sometimes we can just, our prayers can collapse into you know random thoughts and feelings and to-do lists for the day when Jesus clearly says, you want to know how to pray? You start with God. Mm-hmm. You say, our Father, you fixate on him in your relationship that you have with him and what kind of God he is and how Jesus revealed him in his generosity, in his power, in his justice, in his grace, in his mercy. When you start with God, it stirs you up to actually want to pray because your life, again, becomes increasingly less centered on yourself and more centered on him. And like you're saying, it's hard to do that consistently. Training is hard. Yeah. And let's be clear about that. If, if you're going to grow in a life of prayer, and hear me, you can grow. This Absolutely. is not something for experts. This isn't NBA-type level. This isn't professional sports. Where Jesus made it so that everyone, including children, can pray. Yeah, dude, Jesus, fully God, mm-hmm. prayed. <laughs> yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. The Son of God withdrew mm-hmm. and prayed, and he prayed a lot. I mean, that's the thing that he talked about the kingdom coming and he prayed. Yeah. And so there's something about that that we just take note of and say, this is important. Yeah. And I mean, there's no movement that's happening. We talked about this last episode, disciple making movements. There's no movement that's happening. There's nothing that's happening without prayer and fasting to be spirit led in that way. And I would say this to your point, it is hard, but you know what makes training easier, a little bit easier is when I'm suffering with other people. Yeah, in When I have community around me. And I would say that, like the thought that came to my mind when you're talking is, I'm a, bre- I'm a better prayer. <laughs> I pray more because I'm centered, I'm surrounded by people that pray. I mean, if I wasn't, if, and I would, I would encourage and challenge if 
to get around people that are seeking after the Lord and praying. Mm-hmm. It's the only way that we're going to be able to learn and right. grow in that is to have people around us in community. And I would say this too, like the thing, the other thing that comes to my mind is, um, we said this last episode, the Holy Spirit is the teacher in this. And so when we're praying, yeah. we're asking those questions, Jesus, where are you at work? And God, how can I join you in that? Um, every single day, I believe this without a doubt, and I've seen it over and over and over again. When I'm asking those questions, something happens. Mm. There's no coincidences when you start to pray. Mm. There's no such thing as coincidences when you're praying. God is leading you into an intentional conversation, an action that's that's fitting for the moment and the circumstance and the situation that's going you're going through mm-hmm. in your life. And he's giving you all that you need, your daily bread, to be able to give him glory for the good of other people. And other people need to hear your prayers being voiced, right? And so when you look at somebody and you just sense the spirit's nudging to say, hey, I want to say this to you. This happened to me yesterday. Hey, I want to say this to you. And the guy I was talking to, big dude, just looked at me in the face and was like, why'd you say that? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to say it. He was like, dude, you're the second person that said that to me in this past week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, maybe maybe God's one to talk. Let, let's... And I, and I love the posture of not forcing that. You mm-hmm. hear people say, I have a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll cast that on somebody. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a posture of which to say, in humility to say, hey, the Holy Spirit brought this up. I, I, I feel like I want to share that with you. Does it sit right with you? How does that sit with you? And to be able to, to um, wrestle through that with them not place that on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like that word wrestle a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the word Israel actually means that mm-hmm. in Hebrew, <laughs> to wrestle with God. And this is something that's hard because the kingdom of God has already come. Jesus announced it. It's been inaugurated in the resurrection. And yet it's not fully consummated. It's not fully here yet. So we are still in a season Uh, in terms of history, where the kingdom of God is coming through everyday, ordinary people, and how we do that really matters. And again, uh, Adam and I love Dallas Willard, Mm. and so I would love to, he has a great book called The Great Omission, talking about the Great Commission and how discipleship is lacking from the Great Commission. He says, we've counted on preaching, teaching, and knowledge or information to form our faith and have counted on faith to form our inner life and outward behavior. But for whatever reason as Christians, this strategy is not turning out well. The result is that we have a multitude of professing Christians who may well be ready to die, but are obviously not ready to live Mm. and can hardly get along with themselves, much less others. Whoa. Yeah, and and so we've been saying this from the beginning uh, of Rhythm is... The gospel is not just otherworldly. It's not just about escapism to heaven Mm. someday. It is this worldly. It's not only personal, it's actually cosmic in terms of the restoration plan that God has. And how do we participate in that massive cosmic plan 
is that we fix our eyes on Jesus through prayer. And I would love to talk very specifically, answer the question if you're listening to this. Hopefully you're at this point asking, where do I begin? How do? Because I'm still asking that question. Adam and I met with a older pastor believer yesterday, and that was one of my questions to him was, dude, tell me about your prayer life. So good, man. What does that actually yeah. look like? And he goes, well, you know, and he pulled out this book. I'm like, no, for you, your schedule. <laughs> Give me, what are you doing? And I, I loved it so much <laughs> that I actually put his schedule in my schedule because like you're saying earlier, I feel like I have an ordinary prayer life. I do, you know, have times in the morning and afternoon and evening. And there is times once a month where I'll do extended times of, of prayer. And there is a day a week that I have set aside for fasting. But this guy, some of the things he was doing, I was like, I'm not doing that. I want to do that. Dude, yeah. 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 It's so funny because after that conversation, I had a conversation with a guy and we sat down and he was talking about all the connections that he's making in his community, mm. in his neighborhood. And he's like, man, I didn't realize I was unintentionally pastoring, discipling the people in my neighborhood, the people, you know, my neighbor, uh, you know, people are a few blocks over. Mm. And, uh, and I just was, I was thinking about the previous conversation and I said, what would it look like to take unintentional things and making them intentional? And he looked at me like I had four heads. And I'm like, I think the gap between unintentional and intentional is prayer. It's nothing different, right? There's nothing different, but there's something intentional when I'm praying for my neighbor and I'm giving counsel or direction or, or, you know, or I'm discipling them. There's something different when I'm in, when I'm, I'm actually actively praying for them. I'm intentionally praying for them. And, and that's similar to what David said. He, you know, one of his rhythms is to go on prayer walks around his, around his neighborhood. Share, share the others. Yeah, let me just run through them. Because yeah. I, th- I thought this is a cool picture of a guy who's in his 50s who's been trying to bring the kingdom of God to earth <laughs> mm-hmm. in his everyday life. And as a pastor for over 25 years here in Phoenix, he's like, you know what? I have an alarm set on my phone. For 10, 10 a.m. Yeah, for 10 a, for 10.02 a.m. And it refers to Luke 10.2 where Jesus says, hey, look at the harvest. Look at how many people would come into the kingdom of God if we invited them into it. What's lacking is workers in the harvest field. Mm-hmm. So pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers yes. into the harvest field. Send some harvest hands to go out to those people because they're ready. For, yes. They're ready. And, and so on his phone, which on my phone now too, is 10.02 a.m. There's a little alarm that goes off, and I just have you know the title of that alarm being Luke 10, mm-hmm. too, so that I pause every day, and I'm praying, like our friend mm-hmm. David, you know, Lord, send laborers into the Lord. He has one day a week where he fasts, he, and, and then there's one day a week where he's doing a prayer walk, and then there's one day a month where he does a half night of prayer, like either six hours or 12 hours long, he is interacting with the Lord, sometimes with other people, sometimes by himself, mm. in an all-night prayer. And once a week, he's he has a team of people that he spends an hour praying with. Mm. And he's using all sorts of tools. He's got an app called Prayer Cards where he's actually tracking the things that he's praying for right it's now. It's a cool from, app. Yeah, it is We're going to put app. a link in the in the show notes. But that I downloaded it, started using it, really user, you know, user-friendly, simple, yeah. which is good. I have an old school prayer notebook where I'm just tracking the people that I'm praying for, dates on there, celebrations mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. There's not one way to do it. It's just in our distracted world, how do we keep focused on God 
in prayer. And like Adam said earlier, don't put any kind of shame or guilt on yourself for not, <laughs> not doing all the things I just listed. It's not about a checklist. It, it is really about an interactive relationship with the king of the universe who wants to first and foremost heal your heart, bring, bring peace into you, bring his living water into you. And as he does that overflows into the people around us. Yeah, man. I, we were talking about this before the podcast. I think loving, you know, love God and love others as you love yourself. When we're praying, God's revealing our true identity. Uh, we just forget that. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of times during the course of the day. I mean, today, what is today's date? Whatever today's date is, there's been a lot going on in my house that I've forgotten who I am. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten my identity. It is not first and foremost to be a dad or a husband or a friend or a coworker or one of, you know, leading rhythm or whatever it is. Like my first identity mm-hmm. is a son of the king. And when we pray, when I pray, I'm reminded of that, the loss of control, the loosening of my grip mm. because God is in control. Yeah. And I think shame and guilt, something I've been toying around with lately is shame and guilt really only happens when we pretend to be somewhere where we're not. Yeah. When we are here on the spectrum of following faith or following Christ and the ultimate goal is Jesus and we pretend around people to be more like Jesus than where we are. Mm-hmm. The gap between that is always going to happen in our life, but the gap between that is when we fake it mm-hmm. and all all the shame and all the guilt sort of circulate. Yeah. But when we're real yeah. and we're real with first and foremost, real with God to say, God, here's where I'm at. And he's revealing our identity to us. Then as you mentioned, the overflow of that is the on to other people. Yeah. And I'm in right relationship with God and others. And I'm able to actually be me, mm-hmm. nothing else. Nothing more, nothing else. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's a beautiful thing. But often we get out of whack. And I think it has a lot to do with stopping, slowing down, emptying ourselves, fasting, and praying. Yeah. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking right now in my head about people mentors in my life who are just the most authentic, humble people that are gracious, legitimately life-giving in their everyday life, not just on a stage, mm-hmm. but in their interactions with their family and their friends. And they're equally messed up. And they're equally <laughs> messed up. But when you dig into their prayer rhythms, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a massive core part of their life. Mm-hmm. And they're... You know, there is a big difference between having a prayer life and a life of prayer. Mm. And when I look at those kind of people, I see a life of prayer. People that are interacting with God, like we said earlier, they're just listening to the Holy Spirit in their everyday. Man, what are you up to, God? How can I be a part of that? How can I join you in a non-anxious friendship for the restoration of all things? How can I become this really good preview of what's to come? And when we, when we dig in to our prayer life, expect warfare. For like, this needs to be said. Expect a battle. Because when you start battling in the spiritual realm, you are going to be met with resistance mm-hmm. in the physical realm. 
You're probably going to get sick. One of your kids' teeth's going to get knocked out. A bill's going to come up. Like, seriously, your car, maybe both your cars are going to get broken, broken down. Your pool's going to leak. Like, it's, it's going to be something to distract you away because mm. the enemy, Satan, he knows how dangerous a daughter or a son of the king is when they're really interacting in relationship with God. It's a dangerous oh, yeah, thing. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can. I mean, we should have a whole podcast on this because, like, Satan doesn't have to distract us when we're distracted ourselves. Mm-mm. Like when we're binging on Netflix and and looking at social media. I just took social media off my phone for like the hundredth time, <laughs> uh, you know, because because it's distracting. And you know, guess what? Satan's like, you know what? I don't have to mess with Adam today. He's distracted. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. The only time I use social media is in the morning. Um, right before I go into prayer and I limit myself to about five minutes of scrolling and I just choose one platform. I'll do Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And that's just so that my prayers are rooted in reality Hmm. because that does help me. That's how social media, that's the only way I use social media is as a tool. And I just basically pray, God, highlight anything for me that is going on in the world that I can pray for. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, because prayer isn't about, again, it's not otherworldly. It's for this world. It is for your marriage, for your kids, for your job. Mm-hmm. And, and I legitimately believe with all my heart that there are things that will happen in your world because you asked the King of Kings. Yeah. And there will be some things that don't happen in your world and transformation that doesn't happen because you didn't ask. Yeah. Jesus is very clear about this. I was this. just going to say, yeah. Ask and you shall receive. And a lot of us... We, again, we, we want to control yeah, the narrative, but he, he's the one moving this story towards completion. And it's not, it's not uh, you know, our good friend, Matthew Guzman, who's sitting right here. Say, what's up, Matthew? What up? Yeah. <laughs> um, really appreciate him producing all this. But, you know, one of the things he, he's been talking about is, you know, uh, God's blessing. I don't know exactly how you said it, but. Uh, here's what I'm interpreting right now is God's blessing and God's God's answer to prayer is not an Amazon Prime package. Mm-hmm. It's not an immediate thing. And I think again, the distraction for our culture is that we want it immediately. Mm-hmm. And so we are not consistent or persistent because we're expecting a result immediately. And yeah. prayer is exactly what we were saying earlier is not a formulaic thing where I dial these numbers and, you know, God's going to got, you know, I got the hotline and he's going to answer it right away. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, again, that's a distraction for us. Um, and, and hopefully an encouragement for us to persist through prayer. And, and there's so many stories that I would love to share about, you know, especially this year, oh. my you know brother and all sister-in-law have been praying for a baby and we've been fighting in prayer with them and for them. And I love my daughter's response when we found out that they were pregnant. She looked at my wife. I'm getting teary-eyed right now. Uh, she looked at my wife and just said, God answered our prayers. Yeah, That was her response. God answered our prayers. And man, that was rough though. And I can't even imagine being in their shoes, sitting in their seat, experiencing the things that they experienced over the years. Um, but I do know their faith is stronger in and through this because their prayer life was strong. Mm-hmm. Their prayer life was strong. Well, can I um, close this out again with the Lord's Prayer, but Dallas Willard's version? Yeah. 
Please I love do. this. If you ever wanted to pray this, you just Google Dallas Willard's version of the Lord's Prayer because he just interpreted it. Can I say this real quick before Please. you do that? Yeah. I brought up Matthew. I want to want to talk about him again. And <laughs> we're going to put his contact info in the show notes. <laughs> so you can... I'm being serious. We're gonna con, you know, I want you to connect with him because he's putting together prayer and fasting experiences for our communities. And that's something that we'll talk about later on. Um, but it's something he has a deep desire for, to be a resource, to be a coach, uh, to to care for our communities in that way, and to guide us uh, in, in a, such a way to be able to best reflect a prayer life or a life of praying. That's beautiful. All right, Leon, let's pray. Keep your eyes open if you're on the road listening to this. Yeah, please. Dear Father, always near us, may your name be treasured and loved. May your rule be completed in us and may your will be done here on earth in just the way it is done in heaven. Give us today the things we need today and forgive our sins and impositions on you as we're forgiving all who in any way offend us. Please don't put us through trials, but deliver us from everything bad because you are the one in charge and you have all the power and all the glory is yours too forever, which is just the way we want it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Matt. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.